Zane Edwards and welcome to the Soccer Comic Rant. Uh, this podcast is available at allthingscomedy.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, Lipson, Stitcher. It's all over the place. You can get at it. You can get it. And my name is Ian Edwards. I'm hosting solo tonight. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Ian Edwards Comic and uh, Twitter at uh, Ian Edwards Comic. I'm Ian Edwards on Facebook. Where else am I, Ian Edwards? On my birth certificate in life, period, in comedy, and uh, on all my IDs. Also, uh, this uh, video is available at Punch Drunk Sports. Sam Tripoli is there with a bunch of other sports podcasts. And it's a subdivision of allthingscomedy.com. So go there and check those places out. Check out the podcast there. And uh, the sponsor is on thevolleyapparel.com. And they have a soccer paraphernalia. They have tees, hoodies, tanks. They have everything. They have sweatshirts. I was rocking the On the Volley Apparel Owl sweatshirt. People give me mad compliments today. So go there. Use my promo code COMICRANT. You get 20% off. And uh, we got a lot to cover this week because there's Premier League. There's Greek League with field invasions. There's field invasions in the Premier League. There's Champion League this weekend. There was Champion League midweek last week, but I think we did cover that. And uh, big matches, Man U versus Liverpool. And uh, yeah, tons of things. And Jamie Carragher spitting on someone. And unhappy West, fan, West Ham fans. And uh, Greek owners of football clubs walking onto the field with guns this show is loaded literally so i guess i'm gonna hit up the premiership first and then get to those other things or maybe let's go to greece first let's deal with this greece shit so the greek league has suspended it has been suspended after the owner or club president of paok invades the pitch with his bodyguards and had a, gun, had a gun on him. Now, normally, what's going on in the Greek lead is Olympianakis is in third. Well, they are in third now. But P-A-O-K and A-E-K Athens have a chance to win the league. And that's why this game was pivotal this week. And... Uh, I don't know if that's why the owner was strapped. He's a licensed uh, gun carrier, but he wore his gun to the game and uh, stormed on the pitch after, in the closing minutes of the game, one of his defenders scored what looked like a game-winning goal, and the referee waited a minute and then said, nah, it's not a goal. Your player was offside. Owner gets mad, invades the pitch with his bodyguards, and uh, chaos. Chaos. Uh, not allowed to, to have a gun in a stadium. The security and the police don't have guns in a stadium. So it uh, doesn't matter how rich you are, bro. Can't. You're not even supposed to storm the pitch. Don't care. If it, I don't care if it's your pitch. Can't do that. So uh, 
so because of this, the Greek Super League has just been suspended, period. <laughs> and they want to get to the bottom of this, which leads me to believe that there's other problems in the league and they're calling on UEFA to help them sort these problems out. Like this was the straw that broke the camel's back. They're like, you know what? This whole shit is fucked up. And we need somebody from outside to come in and put their hands on the situation and sort it all out. There's a alleged match fixing. There's corruption in other areas and they want this shit sorted, mate. So they're using, they're suspending the league they don't like what's going on, period. Apparently somebody who, it feels like there's a few people that's been saying, hey, listen to us, listen to us, listen to us. And people just been cheating and doing whatever the fuck they want. And now when an owner storms on the field and is, is president of POAK, President Ivan Savitz, Savitis, storms on the field, they're like, all right, shit, this is a great excuse for us to shut this whole thing down. And so they have indefinitely. So that means there'll be games next weekend. No problem. But uh, yeah, that's football, man. Football getting a little crazy. And let me see if I can go through this article a little bit more. So the world governing body, FIFA, who has its own form of corruption, told CNN in a statement that it is aware of the incident and fully condemns such behavior. Though... As the incident occurred in domestic competition, all disciplinary action falls under the, the jurisdiction of the Greek Football Association. But the Greek Football Association is like, yo, man, could you come help us handle this shit? It's not easy. We've been trying to handle this type of shit. Let's see what else they're saying. Uh, there's been a warrant issued for Ivan Savidis, the owner. And uh, we'll pay attention to see what happens further with that. He made some statements saying that uh, he's just prepared at all times to defend uh, his team and the people who work for him. I don't know what type of training he has, but uh, I'd rather a professional do that, not a millionaire, a billionaire. All right. Let's go... So that's like a little step outside the premiership. There's shit going on in football. And uh, let's just go to one other thing outside of football. Well, it's kind of to do with football. and It's kind of to do with the premiership. So Jamie Carragher, suspended by Sky Sports over spit shame. So the pundit who used to play for Liverpool is on his way home from Old Trafford after Man U got in that Liverpool ass. And as he's driving home, a uh, Man U fan sees him in his Range Rover and starts mouthing off at him as they're both driving alongside each other. So the guy's talking shit, Jamie Carragher, winds down his window and spits at the guy in his car. But the spit missed the guy and hit his 14-year-old daughter. Record scratch. Like, it's bad enough to spit. Like, he's just... It's just the thing that's just frowned upon like like it was frowned upon when uh miss new york did it on or did miss new york do it on on uh when she was competing to go out with flavor Flav on a dating show well somebody spit on her i think it's it just just frowned upon how about that like 
you don't even expect like reality star hoes to do it. So then Jamie spits at the guy and it hits his 14 year old daughter. It's a girl. She's a kid. This it's all lose lose from there. And he's gone on TV. He's apologized. He's been on contact and uh, with the the man and his daughter and his family. And uh, shit, son, you gotta control your spit rage, bro. Cause you just can't be spitting on people. They might have a fourteen year old daughter as a shield, and you know, just don't do it. Whether you got a great aim or not, even if you hit him square in the eye, in the under the target black pupil, just don't do it, bro. Not even if you're that good. So this is not gonna be a great few weeks for Jamie Carragher. Let's see if he can get out of this, if he can keep his job. Uh, I think he says a lot of wrong shit anyway. I liked him as a player. But a, a lot of these British players were trained wrong and taught wrong. So then they they uh, they analyze games the way they were trained. And uh, it's not always the greatest. All right. But I like Jamie Carragher. I don't think he should lose his entire situation because of spitting. Suspend him a little bit and then bring him back. All right? It's punishment enough. He's, he knows he was right there on the line and shit was almost about to be over. So he gets it. And, uh, you know, you can hook up the, the man and his daughter with uh, tickets to shit and be lifelong friends yeah you don't want to go around being the guy that spit on the girl alright so back to the premiership here we go let's do the premiership rundown yeah so I'm going to hit the tables I'm just going to when I'm alone I'll do I'll just go from the table so Man City they're number one they got 81 points uh, they've played 30 games and they just won. They just beat Stoke 2-0. Uh, they, the goals were beautiful. Uh, just unbelievable. The, the first one, the interpassing in the middle of the field, Gabriel Jesus passing the ball down the line, and I think it was Sterling with the crisp cross into the middle of the penalty box and David Silva running onto that shit, touching it the right way with the right velocity, past the keeper, into corner of the net. Like, Rooney had a penalty, dead ball, and then hit the ball this great in this weekend. And his penalty got saved. David Silva running onto a moving object. Bam. Left foot placed it. Hard, unreachable goal. And their second goal was a goal of beauty too. And David Silva scored that. So that's how Man City roll, man. Those goals, if you haven't seen them, go check them out. They're worth looking at 10 times a piece. Just Christmas. Just next level football. You know? Just gorgeous just hot bitches of goals pretty as fuck now uh let's go to man U. 
This was second in the table. We got 65 points. We are 16 points behind number one leaders, Man City. Yeah. And uh, we've played 30. And we've won 20, drawn five, lost five. And this weekend, we played Liverpool. And uh, we won. And uh, Liverpool came to us, and we served them up three goals. We scored all three goals. Marcus Rashford scored the first two. And uh, Bai scored an own goal. Terrible clearance, but besides that, he had a good game. Pretty much everybody had a pretty good game. Let me just look at this game statistically to see how it went down. This thing I'm clicking on is not activating. Now it's activating. But uh, let me go to stats. So Liverpool had two shots on target, but I don't think any of those shots were in the second half. I don't think they had any shots on target. Like uh, Young. Young, who is old, played Young. He plays like his last name. He shut down Salah. Like, I thought Salah had been taken hostage. That's how much he disappeared out the scene. Like, Salah, who's been scoring every week, tearing up the league, and uh, you put an old Young on him, and nothing happened. Not a peep. And it wasn't easy, but Young, it, it, it's, it's amazing. This guy was a forward. And him and Valencia, who was another forward, have become two really good fucking left and right backs. And uh, you just got to give him his props, man. He locked Salah down. It's not easy. And the whole defense played great. Bayi played great. And we got to give... We have to give Smalling respect. And it, there's, there's something... I, I saw Smalling doing this first. I see him doing it all season where he's... Have you, the, 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 the holding player, the holding forward, when the opposing team is trying to pass the ball to the holding forward, Smalling does this great job of anticipating that pass and stepping in front of the defender, not making the defender use his body and throw him off and then turn around and have an open shot on, on goal. Smalling's great at anticipating that pass, beating the forward to the pass, and breaking up the attack in play. And uh, Bai was doing it too. And uh, the defenders did their thing, man. And uh, Rashford hadn't played in a minute, like had started in a minute, scored two immediately. Like just razor sharp on that first one and just victimized the shit out of uh, Trent Arnold Alexander. Sorry, bro. You're going to grow up one day. You're going to be a great defender, but not this weekend. Or was it Robertson? One of you two dudes got torched. I think it was Trent. And Trent was out there with mad confidence, too, going, I got this. We Liverpool. Nah, son. Not at all, bro. And uh, McTominay did his thing again. Even my man in England who, yeah, McTominay's good, man. Motherfucker can can ball a little bit. And he's an academy player, so that's great. Matic did his thing. As per, as per usual. 
And we we looked ugly in the second half for sure. It was kind of disgusting. But it's like when you expect us to look ugly the whole game and you only looked ugly for half of it and you won, we'll take it. Like Mourinho has definitely lowered our standards to where he wants our expectations to be. So fuck it. We're satisfied. Uh, Lukaku, good game. Uh, how many assists did he have? I think he had two assists. Well, he passed the ball to Sanchez. Sanchez got the ball deflected off him, and it went to Rashford. So you, but it was a good ball, good hold-up ball, passed to Sanchez, and the ball defender came across cut in front of Sanchez and the ball went to Rashford so he got the first assist to Rashford good assist and uh, so yeah and that's a good game by Man U against one of the deadliest teams in the league a team that just scores on a regular basis and they played Mane they played you know they played their boys they had them out there and uh, Firmino didn't get nothing Salah didn't get nothing. Chan was out there. I like that they play Oxlade and Chamberlain, Chamberlain because as long as Liverpool keeps thinking Chamberlain is good and it's and he hurts them, that's fine with me. So, yeah. Uh, congrats, man. You solid win. Even though the second half was ugly. Appreciate it. Spurs is third. And uh, they got 61 points now. They're four points behind us. So we like the distance. We like to keep that distance more than uh, one game length and uh, Spurs play well next weekend shit Spurs play Chelsea so man or is it one weekend later one weekend later I think they have an FA Cup game or something but uh, yeah whenever they do but uh, they beat Bournemouth they lost Harry Kane so uh that has implications for them for the FA Cup game that they got this weekend. There's implications for that for the rest of their season. Even though Sun is doing his thing and scoring, and Sun was picking up the slack as if before Harry Kane got injured, as if he's like, Harry Kane's going to get injured, so let me just do my thing now. So he got two. Serge Aurier got one. Deli Alley got one. And. Bournemouth scored first, but Bournemouth is like, listen, they're a fire team. They are attacking, and they scored first. But if you're going to attack and you're going to be open, Spurs is a fire team too, and they will take advantage of that, and that's exactly what they did. They said, oh, you want to try to keep scoring? And and, and Bournemouth had, more, had a chance to beat two up, but it looks like it wouldn't have helped anyway because Spurs beat them 4-1. Overall, good game by two exciting teams. And uh, Sun had some good goals. And, uh, yeah. Spurs keep marching on. And Liverpool are in fourth after defeat to Man U. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, Klopp gets affected by Mourinho, for sure. You know? And and 
I don't know. I can't. T- but I, I just seen games when I think we tied them 0-0 down there. And Klopp was affected by Mourinho then. And then he, he, I think he tried to be more aggressive. They definitely started more aggressive than they did when we played them at home. But they got opened up fast. Like the way we scored the two goals is the way Mourinho wants us to play when he sets us up defensively. He wants us to take advantage of the chances that we get. We, we, we had two shots on goal and we got two goals out of it. And that's what Mourinho wants to do. And he wants to lock the whole shit down. And Liverpool had no chance after we got the first early goal to like come at us, open him up for a second one. And then we just defended in the second half. And there was no fear of Salah, which, you know, and they couldn't get any shots off. So, yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool's fourth, 60 points. Chelsea, uh, they beat Crystal Palace. They handled them. They handled them. Uh, Wasn't difficult. They're fifth. And uh, Williams scored again. Williams like a scoring machine right now. And this guy matriculates down the field with the ball in front of his foot at a fast speed. Just accelerates. I think he gets faster if you put the you pass in the ball and then you're running with the ball. This guy's so amazing with his feet, man. So amazing. And the, and the other goal for Chelsea was an own goal by Martin Kelly. I think it was a cross that came in, couldn't handle it, and put it in the back of the net. And uh, Patrick Van Anhalt scored in the 90th minute for Crystal Palace. Good goal. And he scored last week against us, too. So he's a young dude who's, like, uh, doing his thing. Let me see how long he's been with. uh, I said young dude. He's uh, 27. Still young. Younger than me. But, uh, yeah, uh, used to play for Sunderland. Used to play for Chelsea. Came up through Chelsea. And now he's at Crystal Palace. All right. So that's Liverpool. Then Arsenal's in six. Hilarious. It's so crazy to see Arsenal in six, man. Bananas. 48 points. Arsenal, this point of the season, 48 points. This is like poor people's points. Like, Jesus Christ. This is super pathetic. They've played 30 games. They've only won 14 of those 30 games. They've drawn six. Arsenal has lost 10 fucking games this season. Unfucking believable. That is so crazy, man. Arsenal, the Gunners. Jesus. I don't know how Wenger is going to keep his job. It's it's virtually impossible. Contract or no contract. Like like those shareholders, chairmans, they've been loyal to him, but they if they fire him, he can't say they haven't been loyal. I think it's even at this point. Like even if he's pissed right now, a few years from now he'd be like, Yeah, you know what? you're pretty lenient compared to other times. But then he could say, hey, I won you the FA Cup last year. We beat Chelsea. How dare you fire me? It's not like I never won anything. FA Cup doesn't mean that much anymore. It doesn't. 
just doesn't. FA Cup only matters if you win something else with it. You know what I mean? Like if you win the league and the FA Cup, you said you won the double. But you can't just win the FA Cup anymore. FA Cup only matters if you're a mid-table team. It's a big accomplishment. But if you're a big club, unless you're like, when we won it, and this might sound like a double standard when I say we, when Man U won it, like we were doing so poorly, we were happy to win that. It was something. It was the last game of the season. Like, I don't even remember if we were in the top. No. Were we in the top four? I don't think so. It was on the Van Gaal. You know, that's when it kind of counts for a team. Now, it counts then or if you're trying to win the treble or if you win a double, you know. But it doesn't count by itself. So... And then this weekend coming up, they play Stoke. They play at Arsenal. You can beat Stoke, but will you? Who knows? Let me go see. Let me go. Chelsea's going to play Tottenham. Let me go just go back up for a second. This uh, That's April 1st. So there's no games this weekend, as a matter of fact. Just because of FA Cup. Well, let me see if there are. There are some games. So I'm just figuring this out. Chelsea's going to play Tottenham next, not this weekend, weekend after. Because Chelsea got games. And and uh, Arsenal got games. Some, so let me go to Liverpool. Liverpool will play this weekend. And they'll play Watford. They'll play at Liverpool. Liverpool just lost. Watford just lost. Liverpool should be hungry. Uh, they usually have put in a better... They, they, they shouldn't lose two games in a row, especially at home. So, Watford, you lost this week to Arsenal. And and let me talk about Arsenal's win against Watford this weekend. Because I was just talking about Arsenal before I went away. Uh, Troy Deeney, you blew a penalty. So there's a lot of irony in this game. Uh, there was a game in October of last year where Arsenal was in the lead and uh, it was against Watford. And then Troy Deeney came on. I think he came on as a sub. And uh, he got his Watford team together and they just started putting the pressure on Arsenal and they came back and they beat them. And after the, the game, Arsenal was taunted by Troy Deeney. He said, they're weak. They have no... I'm using my own language, but it's just to say they play like bitches, basically. Straight bitches. And all we had to do was man up on them and beat them. And he scored one of the goals. Right? So then this time, in this game, Arsenal did not play like bitches. And I think they remember what Troy Deeney said. And it was, the irony was, Watford players were the ones going to the ground early. And... Uh, Arsenal beat this Watford team 3 nothing, and Troy Deeney had a chance to, to get a goal, and he blew it. So it, it, it the whole script got flipped. And speaking of scripts getting flipped, this is not really necessarily a script flip, but uh, in this game, uh, two of the scorers for Arsenal are and were Borussia Dortmund players. Patrick Emery, Emmerich, Aubameyang scored and uh, the ball was assisted to him by his ex-Dortmund teammate Mkhitaryan and Mkhitaryan also scored and 
he was assisted by his ex-Dortmund te- uh, teammate, Obama Young. So that's some beautiful shit. And uh, so McTarran played decent. He had a goal and an assist, but I was just watching him play. And like, it's, he's, he's a weird player. He's a weird player because it feels like he should. The reason why is because it feels like he should be better. So I just expect more from him. So when he has a good game, I'm like, eh, you know. And I'm glad Obama Young scored. I want him to do good. I think this is his third goal in five games for premiership games for Arsenal. So that's good. Or just five games, period. And uh, so, good. And is there anything else about this game? Nothing much. Nothing much more about it. But Arsenal. And then, so let's just let me go back. For as far as Man City, their next game. Hmm. It's not this weekend either. Man U's next game is not this weekend either. Let me just make sure my. Yep, it's not this weekend either. So this weekend, I think, is FA Cup. So there are no. Watford plays Liverpool Saturday. So there are going to be some games. All right. Let's keep going. So Arsenal. After Arsenal, Burnley. Burnley's in seventh. They've been trailing behind Arsenal all season. And uh, Arsenal keep their current form up. Burnley will catch you. Burnley won this weekend. They beat West Ham 3 nothing. Uh, and the fans at, at at West Ham have had it. And uh, go read some stuff that I was looking up earlier about this West Ham trouble. And did I get rid of that page? There it is. So, so here's the deal. There's a real anger and frustration among many in West Ham United fan base and hundreds of fans clearly felt this weekend that they had to get that message across in some way or another. That strength of feeling against the club board was only amplified by the team's poor performance on the pitch and by everything that had happened last week with a planned protest march that was eventually cancelled. So the protesters feel that they've been, uh, the fans, West Ham fans feel like they were promised a lot of shit. They were promised when the stadium was going to be bought that, hey, uh, we're going to go in a new direction and we're going to buy players and we're going to put on a better team on the field and everything is going to be better and none of that has happened. So now they're yelling at the co-owners in the middle of the game, chanting, singing, and uh, they want them out. They're also mad. They're, they're mad for a number of reasons. Okay. I'm trying to find this other reason that they're mad. Let me see. They're mad at the, the, the club's financial statements and club's financial accounts. Uh, there's a feeling that the club is no better a finance is not in a better financial state than it would have been if they'd still played at bowling ground. For many fans looking for evidence of an upturn, there is no real 
discernible difference on how the club is being run or funded. That is a failure to deliver what the co-owners, David Gold and David, David Sullivan, had promised. So David Gold, David Sullivan have not been delivered. delivering. Fans ran on the field. Uh, no, Noble, one of the players, tackled one of the fans. Uh, one fan wanted to plant the corner post in the middle of the field. That's dangerous item to be walking around on a field full of million-dollar players with, million-pound players with. And uh, so shit kind of went down. Wasn't the worst thing, you know, compared to the worst incidents in England pitch invasion history by fans. It wasn't the worst, but there is trouble in Hammerville for sure. And uh, so there is a lack of trust in the owners and a real disconnect between the board and the fan base. There is also unhappiness at Gold's activity on social media, which can feel unprofessional. And at the tabloid column written by Karen Brady, the club's vice chairman, uh, there are particular and there's there was particular unhappiness with Brady after it was reported last month that Leicester City refused to allow Islam Slamini to join West Ham because she had caused the club offense in a column in a column that she wrote. So that's fucked up. If members of your board are involved in a tabloid newspaper and they write articles and they shit on a team and then later want to buy a player from the team and the team's like go fuck yourself and fans are pissed at that because based on this three nothing drubbing at their home their new stadium that they've only been in for two years and they got this stadium after the olympics the stadium was used for the olympics and west ham made a deal to to play their games in this stadium because it's a brand new nice stadium can hold a bunch of people and they also have issues with the people who are leasing them the stadium because the people who lease them lease the stadium promised them more seats than there actually is in the stadium so west ham is suing the stadium leases for money that they should be making now for seats that they don't have and those leases are saying you're suing me for more seats than you were originally promised. So there's, and it's, and the lease is for a long time, so the suit could go up to a hundred million dollars. And uh, both sides have already spent two million pounds in uh, legal fees. So the lawyers are having fun. They're making some money. They're doing good. They love people arguing because people call and pay them to argue for them. I should be a lawyer right now. So, Burnley beat West Ham, and that's where all this started from. And first of all, if you're West Ham, you just can't fuck around with Burnley because they just play 100% all the time, and they get what they can get out of their players. And so Burnley did it again. Great win at West Ham. 3 nothing. And uh, Leicester City, man, they won. And uh, Mares and uh, Vardy scored some amazing fucking goals. They beat West Brom 4-1. Man, 
They beat West Ham, West Brom, 4-1. Vardy's goal, first of all, Vardy's goal is basically what I call uh, Mahrez Vardy special. The pass from Riyad Mahrez was buttery and soft and perfect. And Vardy caressed it into the net. Like he complimented the perfect pass with the perfect shot. It's one-two move and boom, you know. Reminiscent of their title winning season. Mara scored in the 62, 62nd minute. And uh, Iannaccio scored. I think that was his first goal for... Uh, for Leicester, and it was good to see him out there. And he was, I think he was involved in Morris's goal. He might have had an assist on that one. Yes, he did. He did have an assist on that one. So they're getting him into the game. And Ibora, uh midfielder who I like, and he's a quality player, he scored too. So, uh, yeah, Leicester won this week. Leicester won, son. And when is their next game? They're number eight in the table. They have 40 points. They're three points behind Burnley. And their next game is like two weeks from now. All right. They play Brighton Hove. And then Everton. They won. They beat Brighton Hove this week. They won 2 nothing. And I uh, saw the goals. So Everton woke up this week. Allardyce, Allardyce will wake the team up when he feels like, all right, we got to fix some shit now. So who, I don't know how many more points Allardyce has to get for Everton to start feeling comfortable again, but you'll know when you see them start losing and not showing any effort. Uh, like Allardyce, Allardyce and his players pretty much are the same type of people. And he like to take a vacation, different vacations in the middle of the season during actual games. Like, like he's not like a Pep Guardiola who stays on the players or stays on himself. He just wants to be comfortable. So that's what they got. Comfortable. And Watford is 10th. Like, as we talk about them before, they got 36 points. One point behind Everton. Brighton Hove. They're 11th after their loss. They have 34 points. Bournemouth, after their loss, they're in 12. They got 33 points. And who do they play coming up? They got West Brom this weekend. And I want them, and I want Bournemouth to win. So West Brom, you might double lose. Uh, Newcastle's in 13th. Uh, they won this week. 3 nothing versus Southampton. Jesus, Lee H. What the fuck is going on, bro? You lost to Newcastle? Newcastle? Newcastle. The team with the stripes that's been struggling. That lost last week to Liverpool 2 nothing. even though yeah, you lost Liverpool. It's Liverpool. So, I, I, yeah. But Jesus Lee. Southampton? I haven't even said them yet because they're lower than you in the table. This is a team that's below you in the table. That means you should well, they're not below you, but <laughs> they're not below you. But it's it's a team, Southampton. You should be able to beat Newcastle. They were in your the 
your winning range. And if you don't beat teams like that and they stay on top of you, the weight of them is going to shove you into the relegation zone. So Lee H., I shouldn't even be talking about Southampton. Yeah, I'm talking about Newcastle. I'm mixing it up. But Newcastle, congrats. Benitez won. And uh, I, I think he'll pull this off. I think Benitez will keep Newcastle up. I think so. I think so. It'd be a shame if I—I I, kind of don't want the Newcastle to go down. I don't know why. I'm actually starting to have feelings and emotions on behalf, positively, for Benitez. But I'm like, he's been through enough. Not that he's suffering over there. He's a millionaire, but yeah. Swansea, Swansea lost. They're in 14th place. They have 31 points, and Swansea got their uh, well. They didn't lose. They tied zero-zero. And the reason why I thought they lost for a second because I forgot that they had a man sent off. So they actually played a pretty good game. They played with nine men for a significant, with 11, 10 men for a significant amount of the game. And, and Huddersfield, you know, will put, did put the pressure on them but couldn't break them. You know, Swansea held on, Jiu-Jitsu side style, put them in the guard and just held on. And just held on till the whistle blew. So Swansea, you got a point. Zero zero against Huddersfield, and uh, Huddersfield is right below Swansea, and uh, they didn't take the opportunity to uh, they get the three points. You're playing a team with a man down, you know. You wanna you're in fifteenth. You wanna make sure that you don't get relegated. Mm, you missed an opportunity. You don't wanna go back down to the championship. You're only in fifteenth. You have 31 points. Crystal Palace is in the relegation zone. They have 27. And you, shit. And that's who you play next. So if you want to stay on top of them, you got to beat them. Beat Crystal Palace. I don't think... Let me see what Crystal Palace has lost. Fuck. They have lost... <laughs> Uh, Crystal Palace has lost four games in a row and that's how they started the season losing four games in a row and their coach got fired so they got a fired coach amount of results in their last four games Huddersfield make it five Go to West Ham. West Ham United lost to Burnley. Discussed this earlier. And uh, what up, boys? The fuck you doing, bro? You're in a you're in a you're in a cauldron. Here's the thing: it's not like West Ham hasn't spent any money. They bought the stadium, right? And they bought players this year. There's players on West Ham this year that weren't there last year but I like you bought some players that I don't know if you were trying to trick the fans by who you bought or you bought them and thought they were really good that means if you bought them and thought they were really good that means you need better scouts you have I love Zamaleta I liked him I loved him when he was not 33 years old. I liked it when he was like in his 20s. He's old. 
It's old, man. Can't help you back there. You take somebody out the academy, take a chance, and play them. Sure, you got young players, English players just dying. The English, English players full of speed. Play them. Nobles played like 400 games for you. Play somebody else. Not that he's the problem. But you, you, West Ham makes... Here's the thing. It's not, I don't think they're not spending money. They're spending it wrong. You know, so it's just bad decision makers are the leaders of West Ham. You know what I mean? It's like like some teams you could bitch at them because they don't spend any money. West Ham spent money at the transfer window, I think. They spent money at the beginning of the season before the transfer window closed. You know? They put some money in this team. They fired coaches, hired new ones. They're trying, but they're just terrible at trying. So... If the owners want to fix this, they have to hire the right people to make good decisions for them. Because it's not as if they don't want to spend the money. But they're just making a ton of bad decisions over there. They're making them easily, too. You have to make you have decent players there. Artanovich, you spent money on Artanovich. You got Patrice Evra now. But old again. Like, who are you, who are you trying to fool? Like, what's, what's your plan? You got Chicharito. Dragged him all the way from Germany where he's doing good. He's on the bench for most of the season. Like, figure this out, y'all. Lanzini looks good sometimes, but he's not... A player that gives you something every game. This, you know, it's just, I don't know who he really is. Is he the guy that does some shiny shit sometimes? Or is he the guy that disappears or doesn't do anything? Like, which player is he? Is he, is he a shiny guy? Or is he a dull guy that has shiny moments? Uh, is the is his shininess tricking us into thinking he's not a dull guy? Meanwhile, Burnley, they just go on the field and fucking play. They listen to their coach and they just make it happen. So, West Ham, 30th. Points, 16th place, Southampton, just shit on you a lot, lost, lost, and then, uh, just trying to think of who fired their coach, trying to think, Stoke, lost to Man City, nobody expected you to win that game, even at Stoke, uh, just doomed this week. Just doomed. You tried. Yeah. So moments I saw Shakiri put the ball between somebody's leg and nothing to make them. Tried. It wasn't gonna happen. This man says it's just too crisp. Too crisp. Saturday you play Everton. Maybe bad Everton will show up and Stoke you could beat him. So who knows? 
So Stoke is 19th with 27 points, and right ahead of them is Crystal Palace with 27 points. And above them is Southampton with 28 points. So they, and uh, above Southampton is West Ham with 30 points. And above West Ham is Huddersfield with 31 points. And 31 points is Swansea. is 14th place. So these teams aren't dead. Stoke and Crystal Palace aren't dead. <laughs> they can make it out. West Brom is done. They're last. They got 20 points. Five losses in their last five games. They Leicester torched them. Mares and goddamn... Vardy styled on them. Itching. I, you know, they got they got goals from everywhere. Ibora, Nacho. So, I just think we could stamp this one. Like West Brom should just start playing championship games now, so they can get some early points for the season next year from the championship, so that they uh, can try to come back up. It's over. They get out of this be one of the biggest shocks of my life for sure shit does not look good West Brom pretty much done so Mauricio Pellegrino is the fired coach from Southampton coached there 262 days and uh, he's out Southampton's like, nah, bro. We're going to switch things up a little bit. And uh, I think it might be a good move for Southampton to do this because it. my theory is normally when a team fires a coach, the players get a shot of adrenaline in their arm and they win the next game. And Southampton need three points the next game big. Their next game is against West Ham on Saturday, March 31st. And uh, Southampton gets three points against West Ham, who's two points above them in the table. That's huge. So they could put them even more than two points. They could get them further than 16th place, could get them in 15th place. So... So, it's not a bad move. And even though in his last few games, Southampton, Pellegrino was not bad. He had one win, two losses, two draws. It's like, eh. You got like five points out of a possible, I guess. I mean, yeah. I guess it's time to go. Maybe the way they were playing. It's just that Southampton, you got to stop selling your players. Like, one year, lay off from selling your players. How about that? Like, you you, you, you made so much money, and you, I think you got a little too greedy. You had a perfect formula of how to sell and how to stay in the league, and I think you went a little bit overboard, and now you're in trouble. Now you're in trouble. Now you're firing coaches. But what about the guy who's selling the players? Are you getting fired? No, he's just racking up money. Just racking up money. And uh, Crystal Palace is 18th. Let me just go over that again. Stoke is 19th. And West Brom, like I said, going down, bro. Your nail, all your nails are in your coffin, West Brom. I don't think you're getting out of this relegation zone. It's pretty much impossible. So uh, 
Yeah, that's it. Let me go to Champions League. And uh, what we got? We got Manu versus Sevilla tomorrow. And this is tricky. I, I don't like this for Manu. The first game was 0 0. It was in Sevilla. But all Sevilla has to do really is score one to win, you know, because it's an away goals count as more. So I just think this is a dangerous, tricky, slippery situation for Man U. So I just got to be careful tomorrow. I think you can win it, but I don't think Man U's that much better of a team than Sevilla right now. And you, what are you going to do? You, you, you kind of have to score. You know, you kind of got to open yourself up and score. You know, it's not like you're coming to Old Trafford with a lead. You know, Sevilla might just sit there and just defend. And then try to win it late. And so you, you kind of have to affect the game first if you're Manu, which could open yourself up to things. So I don't know what Mourinho's plan is going to be tomorrow, but I hope it's a good one. <laughs> Tricky game. Barcelona versus Chelsea. Uh... I don't think Chelsea, with the form that they have in the league, even though they won this weekend, is going to go to Barcelona and beat them. I think Barcelona has the advantage in this return match. And uh, Chelsea should have just beaten Barcelona and they would have been in a better chance now, in a better situation than they are now. So it's going to be dangerous. Uh, Bexitas versus Bayern. Bayern beat them 5 nothing in the first leg, so this is a foregone conclusion. And uh, even if Bayern loses to Bexitas, it's not going to be by five goals. <laughs> Roma lost to Shakhtar Donetsk in the first leg. And tomorrow, we'll see what happens. I don't really care about it. I don't really care. This ain't my Roma. This ain't my Roma that used to be my Roma. So I don't really care. So everybody, thanks for listening. Love you. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, go to my website, ianedwardscomedian.com, and uh, check out my album. It's called 100% Half-Assed. It was produced by Team Coca Records. It's only five bucks. Uh, what else? And, uh, you know, enjoy the Champions League, enjoy FA Cup this weekend, and we'll talk. Love you. Spread the game. One.